Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 Hello, my friends, my foes. Welcome back to the worst year ever. Particularly, hello to Katie's foes. Yeah, what's um, up, which Katie's is, which foes? Which is, I don't know, the number <laughs> know. one listening Me? demographic for this podcast. <laughs> I've <laughs> done so many intros this year, this goddamn year, and I just mixed it up. Just let I opened my mouth and words came out. And you know what? I do welcome my foes. I know they're here. As you should. I know some of yeah. you hate me. That's fine. <laughs> now it got too real. <laughs> Oh no! I'm Katie Stoll, and I'm joined as always by <laughs> oh, <God>. my friends, <laughs> Hi. Uh, Kofo, and your and your uh, foes. <laughs> and uh, my last name is Johnson. I guess if we're doing that oh, that God. kind of thing, that was so funny. What's, and what's popping, Katie's foes? <laughs> yeah, I I currently don't identify as Katie's foe, but Thank um, you. you know that scene in the Lord of the Rings when um. When Galadriel like goes goes all nutso on um on, on Bilbo and like sure. talks about yeah. how she took the yeah I'm I'm waiting for Katie to do that um and at that point I will become <laughs> Katie's foe um mm-hmm. to to save oh the 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 world from from tyranny and who um, knows maybe that day is today we'll find out it might as we be dive I, in <laughs> it could happen at any second we've all known it that from here. the beginning of this it podcast. could happen here it could happen he- it could happen mm-hmm. here in this mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. you know i tuned on msnbc briefly at some point in the past uh, that month, was a mistake and it had yeah. i know but it had <laughs> like that. a real big chiron caption of it could happen here yeah, yeah. you took, sons of bitches a, you sons of bitches mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i took a picture of it it's floating I'm around somewhere so angry at all the people <laughs> who are worse than me talking about how a civil war might happen now as if I, just i'm just you you mm-hmm. sons of bitches 
It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And Four I years. just wanted so to I've give a what's up to all of Robert's foes. <laughs> yeah, MSNBC, all of Robert's, Robert's foes. My, my foes media. are any people who have just started writing think pieces about a civil war in the United States in the last two months. Mm. Um, and are, it's too are late, acting, guys. Yeah. Those are not thoughtful Like pieces. David Froome, you son of a bitch. Sorry. Oh, Froome. Not, not sorry. On Fuck Froome. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Froome later in this episode. I'm Ugh, just... I'm just you know, I, I, I had a great David moment Froome. I do want to talk about because I'm a narcissist. I yeah, was heading cool. to a protest on Friday night with a group of about three to four hundred Portlanders all uh, armed with very large wooden shields who like marched off mm-hmm. in military lines and did battle. With I the thought police. I recognized David Froome in that line of people with shields. Yeah, yeah, he 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 had a he had a, a falchion in both hands and was mm, was just wow. just yeah, no, <laughs> he amazing <laughs> was not there. But as we're as this like line of uh <laughs> shield bearing marchers was like heading out like a roman uh maniple uh into battle this uh, uh and i'm like kind of walking alongside them these like five four i think four or five kids all in black they look like they were like maybe in their late teens early 20s and like completely blocked up head to toe um like walk up to me and this young woman or maybe girl, I, I don't even know if she was uh, of adult age, says to me, I just wanted you to know that my affinity group and I all listened to It Could Happen Here last year. Um, and it's you know, like uh, we've completely based everything that we're doing now around it as a result. Whoa. And I was like, I have no idea what you're going to do. Probably commit serious crimes tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm very proud of you. Um, and I, I hope that you don't get hurt. But But also, yeah, I don't know. Weird. What's an affinity group? Uh, an affinity group is is like your buddies, basically. It's oh. a group of people with whom you share um, affinity. I thought you yeah, said affinity. affinity. Mm-hmm. No, like the protests in Portland, and as a general rule, like any kind of sustained uh, illegalist, like uh, uh, civil action, is kind of made up of a bunch of different interlocking groups of people sure. who are all buds and want to do the same kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Buds. Yeah, that would be how I describe it. Well, I've already learned something today. Anyway, thank you to the teenagers out there getting horribly uh, abused by police. Uh, yeah, well, and the police who are in their own affinity groups, right? They you know? they are. They are in a very large affinity group. Cracking open a cold union. one with the boys. Mm-hmm. The, the cold one is the skull, right? Katie yeah, Cody, have you guys seen those really creepy uh, uh, Blue Lives Matter protesters that keep going to Beverly Hills on Saturdays? Oh, that seems unsettling. I've heard of them. That is different than the... Is that the same as the big MAGA protest that happens in Beverly Hills every weekend? I think so. There must be some cross-section there. I think (laughs) it kind of feels like they're shipping them in right now. That's kind of what it feels like. Like, they're not like... They're like like bussing people in to make it look bigger than it actually is. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. We added... Big rally of a, a significant number of people in Portland uh, this weekend from a weird Christian cult in Redding that I. Redding, that California? Was, Redding, California. Yeah, oh, they whoa. came up and did like a big anti mask gathering, which was illegal because you can't have outdoor gatherings of more than 50 people um, unless there's like masks and social distancing and nobody was wearing masks at this thing. It was were very there a much. a bunch of cops cracking down on mm. them? No, of course not. Oh, of weird. course not. Of Maybe course they've not, learned Katie. their lesson. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. In other news, like the same day, <laughs> they arrested uh, one of Jeremy Christian's 
early victims, this young woman, Demetria Hester, who's been um, leading peaceful protests in town and who was, so like before Christian stabbed two people to death on that Max train, uh, he assaulted her and she reported him to the police and they did not a goddamn thing. Um, mm. And then they did not a goddamn thing because, you know, phrase. Jeremy Christian was just um, exercising his First Amendment rights. And then they arrested Demetria Hester for oh. exercising her First Amendment rights. Well, cool. you know, thank God we have police. <laughs> second is the, the first, right? It's, yeah. That's the order. That's 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 how we prosecute. That's how we arrest. So I love prosecutions today. Mm-hmm. uh yeah, it's a bit of a hodgepodge episode again because my god, there's so much happening all the time everywhere. Nah. Um, but uh, we wanted to start, I think, by talking about these uh coronavirus relief executive orders that Trump announced last week. Um, and Cody, Cody, Cody Johnson, Cody, Cody, Cody Johnson Hi. prepared Hello. the words. To start that conversation. And just for like equality's sake, what's up, Cody's foes? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, thank you very much. I mean, we're equal opportunity here. I I I don't I don't want any of my foes to think that I was ignoring you. Um I was not. They're more I think it's more Cody's John John's foes. No, that's not Fody, better. Fody, my Fody, Cody's Fodies. Right? Cody's Fodies work. Cody's Fodies. I mean Photography's Photog. You Photog. took it too far. <laughs> I've Sorry, been Photosynthesis mm-hmm. and photo and so on. As yep. riveting um, as this is for are you guys this excited? <laughs> Let's just take a moment to appreciate what good radio this is. So good. Just amazing. Why Downloadable radio. We love it. Um, <laughs> are you guys excited about the election and how uh, we're finally going to, we're going to, we're going to flank oh, the Dems fucked. from the left. No, we're going to like Trump is going to he's going to become a leftist hero and do a lot of uh, he's going to help the people because he's the he's the he's a fighter for the common man. I'm... And uh, the Dems are are all corporatist um, and ineffectual. And uh, it, he's he's the one that's going to do it. I'm pumped for this. Are you pumped? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, actually, my assessment of, of the Democrats wasn't uh, too far off, but I, I have seen a lot of. Um, People talk about how Trump is, he's going to like, he's going to flank those Dems from the left. He's, he's like, he's more left than Pelosi. Um, and I mean, it's nonsense. having this story come out and it keeps not being true. It's, like, well, it's yeah, because he also, it's still not true. Because um, huh. he, he will, he will say things uh, vaguely like, oh, I'm going to take care of, uh, uh, I'm going to halt evictions. I'm going to do this and this and this. Um because uh, the Democrats aren't uh, necessarily doing um, enough or offering enough to uh, people during this pandemic. But uh, that doesn't mean that Donald fucking Trump is going to. Um, it might mean that he will say that he will. Um, and I've talked about this for like a year and a it half. It almost like, certainly or, will mean that he'll say one thing that's not true. Right. And I've, I've talked about uh, like for a long time how like he will probably... Uh, slowly get on board with uh the language of somebody who wants like medicare for all or like universal health care and that kind of thing um but it's going to be um exclusionary and it's going to be bad 
um, and it's gonna hurt people ultimately because uh, that's what he does. That's the whole thing. That's his whole. That's the whole deal. We're so in basically right now. both you and Robert are prophets. I get it. Uh, sorry, you're um, smart. To all to all the foes out there. Um, Katie, I'm, are you a foe of the pod now? I don't know. Maybe foe I'm of a the foe. pod. Kate, Katie, stif- foe. Katie, Katie, foe. Katie, you know. When we talk about <laughs> the crimes of capitalism, one of them should be listed the fact that I, I did just get paid to make that joke. Mm-hmm. Can I have uh, it? Your money? Uh, okay. No, no, of course not. That's fair. Um, yeah. So Trump, uh, amidst all of these announcements, uh, they, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll save the world. I'll do this. I'll do whatever. Uh, he uh, signed four executive orders uh, and uh, memorandum that... Um, were designed to give the illusion and the aesthetic that he is helping people, and he's just pretty much not really. One of them was about unemployment benefits. He uh, is uh, offering $400, um, which is $200 less than uh, what the Democrats have uh, (laughs) tried to get for people and have had. Um, So it's... uh, I'm not like a numbers guy. Um, You know... um, He must know that that's better than... If he said it, well, I th- I was I was gonna say it's less. Four hundred seems less than six hundred, huh. right? I mean, it seems less than six hundred to me, but but again, not a numbers guy, just sort of a general guess. And so, not only is this less than what people need right now, and um, not actually really uh, helpful. I mean, it's more helpful than nothing. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but one of the one of the ways he's getting his money is um, forty four billion dollars from the disaster relief fund. Which I don't know if anyone has been paying attention to. Repeat disasters. that number again. Um, forty-four billion dollars. Well, that's not um, much money. It's not much money. Um, that's just I think that's it's... just forty-four billion dollar yachts, Cody. Exactly. That's not even fifty billion dollar yachts. So. You know, yeah, I was um, ready to dismiss whatever you had to say, but that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called perspective, and I've lost mine. So I thank you for that. He's basically. Basically taking money from uh, yachts, because if if an amount is the same as an amount you'd pay for something else, you're actually taking it from the other thing. Anyway, forty four billion dollars from the disaster relief fund halfway through the year. Um, when I don't know if you if anyone's familiar with like hurricanes that we have quite a bit. Um, or uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean I, I had a couple of hurricanes when I was in New Orleans earlier this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and we are no, indeed in hurricane season. Yeah, I mean it's never not hurricane season. Um, yeah, it's hurricane what season is, somewhere. Yeah, what would be the problem with hurricanes, Cody? Is there some downside to them? Oh, I feel like maybe some homes and pl- things get destroyed and uh, people uh, <laughs> potentially get. All right. Di- well, I vomited a lot in that lady's house, but I wouldn't say it was destroyed. I mean, she can replace the carpet. Okay. Okay. Fix, well, well, she can't. Can well, maybe she can't drain. because yeah. she's not going to get that billion dollars from the forty-four billion dollars cut from the disaster relief fund. Uh, oh, to, you know. to fix the carpet that you threw up on. <laughs> Never heard anybody uh, describe their vomit as a hurricane, but it was. I mean, I, it, the vomit was made of hurricanes. That's what that song um, is about, right? Is that like some uh, mixed drink in Portland? No, 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 no. That's New Orleans. That's like the that's oh, New like Orleans. the story that's right. of Robert yeah. throwing up. You all know the song. Yeah, if you go to back when New Orleans hadn't been wiped out by a plague. Uh, there would be like tons of terrible bars with the same awful hurricane slushies that you could buy for too much money um, and then step in the vomit of a, a frat boy who was puking off of a balcony 
And right. it was America's greatest city for a time before Heck the plague. Yeah. Heck. Yes. Oh, the before times. God, I could go for some fried down, alligator. Robert. I know. I know. I know. Um, please continue. Sorry. Oh, so you want me to continue? Hand wave signal. Um, so it's just, um, it just seems like maybe a bad place to get this money, um, for a thing. Um, also as, uh, we'll talk about a little bit, um, it's technically not, he's not allowed to do that because Congress controls like the purse strings of of the nation. And so there's various talk of, uh, whether or not it's even legal to do this. Although, again, like if you talk to, let's say, the um, the Senate minority leader uh, or the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, they'll say it's illegal. But like, who knows? Pelosi referred to to these um, orders as absurdly co- unconstitutional and then followed it up by saying, well, the fact is, is that whether they're legal or not takes time to figure out. So very. Uh, so which is it? Nance? There. Um, and Chuck She's Schumer said dancing Nancy. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dancing, Matthews, dancing around it. Um, and then Chuck Schumer said, uh, I will leave that up to the attorneys to decide whether it's unconstitutional ah, or legal. Um, Nancy Pelosi we- Doe, sorry. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi. Yep. And uh, Chuck Schumer was never a practicing lawyer, but he did pass the bar and then get into politics. 48 senators, current senators, used to be lawyers. So when Chuck That's Schumer says... I will leave that up to the attorney. That's a different problem. But um, yeah. like, aren't, aren't but you like, an attorney, this I- Chuck? <laughs> this idea of like, well, you know, that's a legal question. Leave it up to them. It's like, well, that's your, isn't that part of your job, guys? Yeah, fair point. Frustrating point. Frustrating. Also, so a lot of this, so this executive order also, it puts a, um, a bit of a pause on the payroll tax. He refers to it as a payroll tax holiday. One uh, bit of relief is to defer payroll tax uh, for a few months until December. Um, thus solving the problem forever. Thus solving the problem forever. Uh, you would still have to pay this. Um, it would just defer it. Uh, it's a deferral down the so line. So you have tax to pay a lot more at once? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, when, when the, just, yeah. Based on the fact that March hasn't ended yet, we're probably never going to get to December again. So yeah, yeah, seems yeah, like yeah, a good no. deal to me. Um, Really, really long month. We should just call this podcast the worst month ever, and it's 12 months long. The Bad Uh, March Show. (laughs) The real Bad March. It was a real Bad March for a year. March Badness. Um, Oh. oh. All right. Well, we're done for the day. That's clearly a win. Show. Sophie continues um, to shake our head. I understand. Uh, The payroll tax also funds Social Security and Medicare, and this is the real thing we got to get down to, because... uh, as I mentioned earlier, anytime Trump like has the the aesthetic of like oh they're he's flanking the Dems, he is not. He doesn't want to. He's not trying to. That's not what he's doing. He is gutting like all of the safety nets and like the things that we need in the, in the country to like help people in order to present this thing. Um, and so he, he's also he's destroying uh, for- the one part of the government that like. Every person who's not a howling monster likes. Like, the post office yeah. is good. <laughs> it's Everybody like, <laughs> loves Everybody the loves office. the post office. It's got, like, the highest approval yes. rating. It, it, it has country. literally the highest of all of them. It is nonsense. Uh, they do an just... absolutely crucial job very well. 
Everyone who has Medicare is like, I love having Medicare. I'm so grateful that I have Medicare now. Um, and so he's trying to gut all of these things. God, I'm so uh, And angry. present it as though he's helping us. And he's not. And I just really Didn't hope he that... also say something about pre-existing conditions aren't going to uh, affect your healthcare enrollment when that is the whole thing with Obamacare? Yeah, it's nonsense. Um, he has said that he will uh, do something about uh, pre-existing conditions. He's currently suing to uh, do, uh, not include that part in Obamacare. It's in Obamacare. He's, he's trying to get rid of it, and he's saying that he's going not to not do it. It's, he's, uh, a he's a wild fella. We love him, don't we, folks? We, um, we, do, we do. So he's all, he's all over the place and um, uh, doing this kind of stuff. And uh, when he's even when he's asked if he's going to get sued, his response was, well, you always get sued. Everything you do, you get sued. And yeah. my response to that is, no, everything you do, you get sued. <laughs> yeah. If that, is, if that is a thing that happens in your life, you should reevaluate Maybe it's your not life. You. Maybe it's not everybody else. Maybe it's yeah. not an everybody else problem, buddy. It reminds me of I was in jury duty. The beginning of this year. Do you guys remember that? I cannot oh my believe God. I was in yes. jury duty. The oh God! Year. Yeah, back when and juries existed. What Jesus. a day! Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's remarkable that I ended up on a case that happened to be about a building I used to live in. But that aside, but that is very funny. It's wild. Um, the guy, the landlord, had had like ninety lawsuits or something wild. <laughs> it's like the same thing. He, scummy rich real estate mogul gets sued for everything and uh doesn't sweat it. You get sued for everything. Sorry. Yeah. Beside the point. Yeah. Just relating it to my life. I mean it's true. Uh that sounds like uh everyone but him problem. Yep. Um <laughs> God. I think it's time for us to take an ad break real quick. <laughs> I'm tired. Is that true, Sophie? Can you confirm or deny? I don't know what day it is or where I am. We're going to take a quick ad break, and then we're going to come back for more of this. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. 
Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back as promised from that ad break. We did it. Oh my God. What a great back from it. I'm killing my intros and transitions today, guys. I'm proud of you, Katie. Thanks, Soph. Cody, please, please, please continue talking to us about this monster president, please. I can't wait. I love him. He's really good. Uh, Yeah, so we just talked about his. He's proudly uh, announcing, quote, I'll be pursuing a major executive order requiring health insurance companies to cover pre-existing conditions for all of its customers. Um, So thanks, Obama. Thanks, Um, Obama. Yeah, so that's just one of uh, his uh, executive orders about uh, the payroll tax. He's also another thing about this. Um, aside from the fact that the payroll tax uh, helps pay for Social Security and Medicare uh, programs that people need, and also, like, he has uh, said that in seeking re-election, he will move to get rid of the payroll tax. Um, like, this is part of his plan. Um, he, It's not like, oh, I'm going to do this for this executive order. Like, that is a goal of his, uh, which seems like the opposite of him saying uh, that he would never uh, cut Social Security or Medicare, which he's clearly actively trying to do so i guess my point uh with this one is just um anytime you see someone uh uh say that you know trump is flanking the dems from the left uh tell them he's not (laughs) like you can criticize you can criticize democrats for not doing enough and not fighting hard enough and for being like let's let the lawyers like all the stuff that they do you can do that Without pretending that Trump's fascism, which is what it is, is good. He's going to have the aesthetics of leftism as much as he can without actually doing anything because he's a fascist. That's his fucking game. No, no, Cody, for he's going to give people six hundred dollars a month again. That's he's flanking the Dems from the left. I think Ah. the problem is is definitely in how we talk about it. Like it's easy. I mean, you can say anything with authority and it starts to take hold. Um, and, and if people say he's flanking the Dems from the left, you say, no, that's quite literally not 
what he's doing at all. That's what he wants it to look like. He wants to appeal to things that, um, you know, to people that might not expect it from him or to show his base like, look, we're doing this innovative thing. The things that they would, you know, outhand dismiss coming from a liberal. Right. It's, you know what I and mean? It's just like, yes. yeah, it's like for years, it's saying that like, for years, we've known everybody. Everybody knows this. Oh yeah, he's he's a a fraud and like a right wing uh, faux populist demagogue. That's what he does. So anytime you say that he's doing this from the left, you are getting duped. You are being duped right now, uh, or you're like doing it on purpose. You're like lying on purpose. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's a better way to talk about it and a better way to point out he is clearly a liar. Um, even like a few, like a week ago, he was, uh, there's an announcement like, I'm going to canceling evictions, getting rid of all evictions. Um, something, uh, Congress, uh, has, has tried to do and, and did do briefly. Um, the deadline is over for that, but, um, everyone's like, oh, look, he's, he's doing it again. He's uh, getting the Dems what doing what they do. No, he didn't do that. He didn't, he didn't cancel evictions. He, and I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote from this. The actual thing says, the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Director of CDC shall consider whether any measures temporarily halting residential evictions of any tenants for failure to pay rent are reasonably necessary to prevent the further spread of COVID-19 from one state or possession into any other state or possession. So he said he's l- l- looking into it. Like the actual order, the memo is saying that he will consider, he will have people consider whether or not it's worth looking into. It's nonsense. <laughs> he's he's not he's a nonsense person. Um, and like I don't know, it, we don't need to spend too much time on these because I I do think it, it's just important to recognize that like it is an aesthetic thing. It's this illusion that he's helping people and like flanking the Dems when like he could easily. Uh, push the Republican Party to agree to the bill that the Democrats have written. Um, Ed Markey, Ed Markey, um, uh, foe of uh, the Kennedys, <laughs> earlier today tweeted about a like he has this written. Um, Give every person in our country $2,000 a month for the duration of the pandemic, $2,000 a month for three months after that, and $2,000 a month retroactive to March. To which Ted Cruz replied, Why be so cheap? Give everyone $1 million a day, every day, forever, and three soy lattes a day, and a foot massage. We have a magic money tree, and we should use it. One thing Trump could do if he was really wanting to flank the Dems is tell Ted Cruz to shut the fuck up about <laughs> also, soy lattes and give people money latte. so they can survive this pandemic. Yeah, Unbelievable. Doesn't he know that you it's like a-, a soy latte over an oat milk yeah, latte? Yeah, I was going to say, sorry. come on. So I don't know. I, I, I want to just drive down. You know what I really want, Katie, is what? to is to take a nice chill drive in, like a, in a convertible down the Pacific Coastal Highway listening to the... the the fat beats of Ben Shapiro saying wet ass P word sure, over yeah. and over again. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Hey, 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 We're this is an iHeartRadio show. We try to keep it's W word, A word, P word. Okay. Thank you. That dream can be a reality, Robert. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can. One day. Your poignant points. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, okay. I mean, it's just like it's just uh, it's just more nonsense. And like he sucks. Get him out. Get rid of him. And then f- tell the Democrats to go fuck themselves. Um. Uh. But to so real quick to Ed Markey's credit again, foe of the Kennedys. Uh, as we all know, uh, people who want Medicare for all and the Green New Deal uh, are real staunch enemies of the Kennedys. One uh, assassinated him, and here we have um, Ed Markey, uh, who responded to Ted by saying, It's not a goddamn joke, Ted. Millions of families are facing hunger, the threat of eviction, and the loss of their health care during a pandemic that is worsening every day. Get real. Because uh, Ed Markey rules, and Ted Cruz is a fucking clown piece of garbage um he's such a weird online freak it's so bizarre soy lattes is it 2015 ted are you like on the daily wires reddit like what are you doing it's i perhaps i i I, i'm i'm malfunctioning i am sorry i'll just remind you that you are talking about the executive orders that I was guess really so. snotty sounding. That's I mean, not how my I meant gosh. It. I was just trying to help. <laughs> it's okay. It's a I'm quick just like shout really out offended. to one of Cody's foes. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, really, I'm becoming a Fody for Shody. Oh, God. Yeah. I Cody's Fody. Katie's Fody. <laughs> it's not great, Sophie. I'm right there with you. But it's I started our, it, so I have to commit. I'm just saying. I don't know. I think they're going to love it. Um,. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's also uh, deferring uh, student loan uh, payments. Um, cool. Uh, but not really. Yeah. So, like... Have you run out of know. steam? End of, look... end of story. I'm, end of I'm, story? <laughs> I just... Uh, he sucks so bad. And, like, he does suck so bad. <laughs> um, I just, and, like, you, everyone's such a liar. It's so frustrating. And... <laughs> it is. It is also frustrating, especially since this this whole time he's done such a fucking bad, bad, abysmal job of handling everything. But specifically, we're talking about a coronavirus relief package and about the coronavirus. Uh, you know, the U.S. now has over five million cases and 163,000 people dead. That's the official number as of today, but that is not the actual number. I just always have to say that caveat whenever I give number updates. Um, I wanted to just give some some school reopening updates because uh, that is a very big thing right now on everybody's mind with COVID. And uh, well, everybody, everybody but Betsy DeVos. Everybody at Betsy DeVos. Yes, absolutely. I have her in that this little blurb. nightmare woman. Um, it's already started, guys. The reopenings have started. After a single <sighs> week of school, more than 250 students and teachers from one Georgia school district. Learned a asked, lot and are grateful for their education. Yeah. Uh, no, yes. wrong. Uh, maybe they learned something, but they've been asked to quarantine for two weeks after several teachers and students pe- tested positive for COVID-19. Uh. Again, one school district after one week back. Um, this is from USA Today. In a letter to families on Friday, Superintendent Brian Hightower said that the trend of students and staff testing positive every day will continue as we operate schools during a pandemic. We know under a microscope, as as national media follows the reopening of schools across the country, he wrote, 
But know that our decisions are not based on what people in New York or Kansas think, nor are we concerned about optics or image. We're focused on doing what's best for our community. Why do you shade Kansas and New York like that? I know. Uh, Well, apparently what's... It is... What's best for the community is letting your kids get sick and maybe die and bringing the virus home to your families who also might get sick and die. Um, Cool. But um, Trump and his administration Mm -hmm. uh, are continuing to push the narrative that kids are suffering, suffering from being isolated at home uh, instead of, you know, people suffering because of coronavirus. And, you know, that makes perfect sense to me because, you know, Trump has always been really compassionate about psychological effects of kids being locked up you know mm. oh yeah I mean, very no, concerned he's he cares about it's a people. joke because uh the, the uh, it's what they say about uh trump uh and his presidency the compassion is the point yeah the compassion yeah. is the point um mm-hmm. he also recently claimed on fox news that kids are virtually immune to COVID 19. uh yeah i'm gonna give you guys this disturbing fact uh according to a report from the american academy of pediatrics over ninety-seven thousand children tested positive for coronavirus in the united states just between july 16th and july 30th ninety-seven thousand. and while yes it is less likely for kids to die from the virus uh it's not impossible and a new study from the cdc suggests that one-third of children who are hospitalized with COVID-19 end up in, in um, intensive care. And look, at the beginning of this, we'd all hoped or thought that for some reason the virus wouldn't affect kids. There was a lot of misinformation. There still is. We're still learning stuff. And yeah, it's riskiest for people over the age of 60. Um, but it doesn't, can and does affect children. Um, and they are apparently likely to be high spreaders because the symptoms may not show up in them. Um, but you would mm. still bring the virus home to potentially vulnerable members of your family and the community. Um, and you mentioned kids don't live with adults, though. Yeah. So, like, they... what's the like, what's the problem? <laughs> you put them in a, you put them in a, you put them all together well, in a big room, and then they stay yeah. there. They don't go anywhere afterwards. I mean, I will just say that if people had taken the advice I've been giving for years, which is that. We wall off all of the states in the middle of the country outside of the the coasts, force the adults out and make them a giant open air child prison for all of the the minors Mm -hmm. in in the country. If we'd done that, this whole coronavirus thing would no longer be a problem. Yeah, I think uh, the United States government needs to watch a little movie called House Arrest. Thank you. Um, Betsy DeVos, like you mentioned earlier, Sophie, uh, waved... (laughs) All of this away by basically saying that there's risk involved with everything. Uh, quote: <laughs> Risk, That's risk is embedded in everything we do. Learning to oh, ride sorry, a bike to the risk of getting in a space capsule and getting shot shot off in a rocket into space. What? What? <laughs> what the fuck yeah. does that have to do with teachers and schools and principals and children and families and coronavirus? Well, Sophie, because if a kid falls fucking. off a bike, if a kid falls off a bike, it's just as likely to kill grandma, you know? Jesus. See? Yeah, yeah. You're, I'm um, so sorry, Katie. You're 100% right. I've made a compelling she is point. such a moron. Yeah. 
But, you know, oh it sucks. Officials have been pushing the administration to, you know, oh get serious God. and start warning parents and school districts about, you know, the risk of reopening schools right now. Um, but I guess they don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, the administration her. has said that they should instead focus on bolstering the president's response plan, uh, which he doesn't have one of. Anyway... This is all fun and good. This is all fun and good. Uh, And before we go to another ad break, uh, just want to follow up with um, United States Postal Service stuff. We talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, But shockingly, the situation has gotten worse in between. Um, (laughs) Now, not only is the post office considering closing locations throughout the country, uh, but on Friday, Louis DeJoy, new postmaster general, Republican mega donor, and businessman with investments in USPS competitors, announced some big shakeups. Uh, this is from Fast Times. Changes were announced Friday by Postmaster General Louis DeJoy and radically alter the leadership structure of the USPS. The reorganization will see 23 major executives at the Postal Service resign or displaced, including, as Business Insider points out, Two execs who oversee critical day-to-day operations. Um, he's claiming now, that the yeah, go ahead. Oh no, no, look, please continue. I was just going to say that you know he claims that this is going to allow the postal service to reduce costs and capture new revenue, but uh, critics are are pointing out that the postal service is a for-profit business, um, you know, and and uh, the leadership changes are very alarming for everybody right now and it's going to have it could have severe consequences not just in terms of vote by mail but for people for workers for seniors and for voters um all of it you know people get their medication through the postal service the postal well, now, service okay so katie i'm a a, i'm a physically healthy white man with no outstanding medical issues mm-hmm. uh whose main use of uh, of post of any kind is having fedex send me various quasi legal narcotics sure i don't understand why we need a postal service uh and i'm not willing to listen to any of your answers um and i'm just you know, going to leave much the podcast to now do your Goodbye. mail through the postal service robert come back okay well he's strictly in the faux camp mm-hmm. now yeah, it's uh, uh, it, the attack on the post office um, should be a story every day because it's atta- an attack on our democracy. Yep. Um, and it's an incredibly valuable service. Even um, articles uh, who think they're helping uh, will run things like, well, the post office didn't make a profit this year or whatever. It's like, well, it's not supposed to. So shut the fuck up. Um, yeah. Please stop. Please. We do have to go for an ad break. But before we do, I just want to say... Outside of mailing in your mail-in ballots immediately when you get them, uh, maybe write letters and buy stamps and send people nice notes. That's something that we can do that might uh, not save the post office but is a kind thing to do and at least shows support. Also, they have a gift shop with, like, weird toys and kids' costumes and uh, a crop top that's kind of cute and sold out really quickly. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) take power into your own hands. And on that note, listen to these ads. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. We're back. Oh, I uh, I just Boy. came back because while I was leaving in rage that anybody would use my precious tax dollars to ensure that old people can get mail, I watched the Kevin Costner movie The Postman, uh, mm. and I, I've realized that I was wrong. Um, really? And yeah, the only two things that can save us from annihilation are the U.S. Postal Service and Kevin Costner. So... I'm I'm back on we board. Do that, though. That was a quick We're going to pivot. make Kevin Costner president, right? That's the point everybody's arguing. That's where we all are. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like it's it's weird that you're even bringing it up. Like it seems repetitive. It's like yeah, yeah we talk sorry. about it every I, day. I, we I talk apologize. about it every day. I mean, like has why, Kevin like, Costner played the president? Because I think he has. Probably he must have. Who wouldn't? I'd vote. But, I'd vote for him playing the president in a movie. Yeah, absolutely. I I would vote for him being the president and also the vice president. And why not Just consolidate the job? Cut the fat. Costner, Costner, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, um, and maybe like um, Supreme Court too. Fuck it. 
Uh, Kevin Costner is not, uh, I don't think he's played a president. He's played a commander in the Jack Ryan series. And he so endorsed Pete skills. Buttigieg for president. I forgot oh, about that shit. Oh, he did, huh? That, yeah. see, this is why the post office needs to be defunded. Because Kevin Costner <laughs> wow. endorsed Pete Buttigieg. I'm Whoa. back, I'm back turn. against. What a turn, unbelievable. Yeah, well, it's really been a whirlwind for me. Speaking of whirlwinds, the election's coming up in November. Yep. And wait. It, it's everyone agrees it's going to be terrible. Yep. And by everyone, I mean all of the um the people with fancy titles and um and fancy jobs who work at places like the Atlantic uh mm-hmm. and places like the Defense Department who are just now being <laughs> like, "Oh my god, we could have a civil war in this country. It it could happen here." They're starting to say Whoa. these 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 geniuses, concept. these brilliant jeez. Oh, Thinkers who are are on the beating pulse of America and realized as soon as the problem hit, what what could happen here? Here, yeah, it could happen here One in the worst say. year ever. So it's time to look behind the bastards. And <laughs> so, a bunch Not the of worst these, year ever. These 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 modern day Cassandras uh, have formed a group called the Transition Integrity Project. Uh, which is basically, it was organized by someone named Rosa Brooks, who's a Georgetown law professor and a former Defense Department official. Um, she's one of the people who who like founded it. And they just did basically a big role-playing game with a bunch of fancy people, um, including <laughs> David Froome, uh, who was there uh, and wrote an article about it for The Atlantic. And I will be quoting from it. This is the only time I'm ever going to quote from a David Froome article on this podcast and not be just insulting David Froome because Froome was actually at this thing. Um, but it, it made the news last week because um, it was like, you know, the, the gist of this as it was reported on was that like a bunch of you know, Republicans and Democrats war gamed out what might happen in the uh, the 2020 election. And it's going to be bad. Uh, like we're not going to know what happens on election night. And almost all of the outcomes uh, are terrible in some way. Um, the only one that has e- a reasonable chance of not being terrible out the gate is like a massive and overwhelming Joe Biden victory, right? Like if that if that happens, most people agree, okay, Trump will probably like more or less let things happen the way they're supposed to. Um, but anything less than an overwhelming Biden victory is uh, going to be some sort of fucking nightmare. And there's a decent chance that Joe Biden overwhelming victory would be a nightmare too. But anyway, that was the that was the that was the the story as it came out. And if you actually like read into any of these articles, they are there's a reason I keep referencing my podcast. It could happen here because they're all talking about the stuff that we talked about, and it could happen here. Um, I do want to note one thing for people like Cody, uh, who are are the same kind of nerd I am. This was a D10 based uh, role playing system that they used. Oh, um, legit! Like they, yeah. Actually, oh yeah, yeah. Like... No, they used a bunch of D. It was all D10. Yeah, yeah. No, but they did like to randomize the results of certain actions that different yeah, yeah, groups yeah, yeah, would yeah. take, and they had like basically like you had people, you had people who had like done jobs in the real world, kind of gaming out that same job being done by someone else in this situation. So you had, for example, they brought in like media TV anchors and stuff or whatever, like pe- like, like media personalities to act as the media and like, like respond the way they think the media would. Right. right, and, you right. Know, yeah. Would done jobs and dragons. Right. So, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that is that is pretty good so rosa brooks who's again one of the people who organized this group in the first place um kind of summarized these things summarized the results of this game by saying all of our scenarios ended in both street level violence and political impasse oh jesus christ (laughs) the law is essentially (laughs) it's almost helpless against a president who's willing to ignore it so that's good (laughs) sounds awesome (laughs) that's Um, a recipe for it could happen hearing thank god I now have my body weight in gas mask filters which is a normal thing for a person to have next to his pile of ammo that weighs as much as a small car Um, things are good in America (sighs) today (laughs) agree agree hard agree Uh, hard agree thank you Um, so yeah it's not not great. Uh, Niles Gilman, who's a, a historian who leads research at a think tank called the Bergruen Institute, which I'm sure is a shitty think tank because they all are. Um, because was it's another, a think tank. <laughs> because it's a think tank. But he was one of the organizers of the ex- of the exercise, and he stated uh, he doesn't have to win the election. He just has to create a plausible narrative that he didn't lose, um, mm-hmm. which is, I think, um, which you know, is very so true wild. and relatively obvious. Yeah, it is. But it's like that's that's all you have to argue is you have to like make it be if there, if it's a question um, like, OK, so one of the most basic rules of productive argument is that the burden of proof is um, on on the person trying to claim that something is occurring. Mm-hmm. Not like right. Um, and that's the opposite of how things work in politics, yep. because Especially one of the points now. they make. Yeah, exactly. Is that like Joe Biden Essentially, Trump has the ability to try to force Joe Biden to prove that the election was legitimate. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's not going to be great. Yeah. Um, I think that makes it sound like we're doomed. (laughs) You know, we're not doomed, but the thing that will undoom us looks a lot like, I don't know, what's happening in Belarus right now, where tens of thousands of people are uh, throwing, like, Molotov cocktails by the thousand uh, at security. Anyway, I'm just going to read a quote from a Boston Globe write-up of this thing. Um, and it's talking about uh, one of the founders of this of this thing. Uh, Brooks got the seed of the idea for the Transition Integrity Project after a dinner where, the fe- where a federal judge and a corporate lawyer each told her they were convinced the military or the Secret Service would have to escort Trump out of office if he lost the election and would not concede. Brooks wasn't so sure. She and Gilman decided to turn the Washington parlor game into an actual exercise. So, uh... That's that's interesting to me. Um, number one, that like the, the the class of people who are involved in a project like this are so separated from reality that normally anything they do is um, an exercise in in pure uh, fantasy. And the fact that one of these people in in this conversation that she's talking about, like that, this judge and this lawyer, are both. Um, I think kind of yielding to fantasy that like the thing that you would expect to happen based on the letter of the law will happen because that's the thing that matters anymore. Um, But there were enough people within this kind of completely detached political class who were like, no, actually he might just take power um, that they actually took it seriously and like did a thing about it. And I, I think that's, you could see it might be a good sign that like, Things have gotten bad enough that some members of our famously disconnected political class are actually not wrong about the things that they're saying for the first time in any of our lifetimes. Um, I find it unsettling. I find it well, deeply unsettling. <laughs> part of what my initial reaction to hearing you just uh, talking about this is like, yeah, you know, that's good 
people acknowledging stuff. If people had uh, covered this differently, if people had talked about this differently years ago, maybe the situation would be different. I don't know. Yeah, we can't think about the past. No? Okay. Nope, that's my motto. <laughs> You've always said that. You yeah. hate um it's uh the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never From... never talked about history on a podcast. Yep. Never. I would never do that. So yeah, it's uh it's it's not uh, super optimistic. And there's they have a whole report that we'll have a link to that you can like read if you want. Um yeah, there's a couple of bits I want to go into. Uh, one of them, and this is again from the Boston Globe article, quote, uh, both sides turned out massive street protests that Trump sought to control. In one scenario, he invoked the Insurrection Act, which allows the president to use military forces to quell unrest. The scenario that began with a narrow Biden win ended with Trump refusing to leave the White House, burning government documents and having to be escorted out by the Secret Service. The team playing Biden in that scenario, meanwhile, sought to patch things up with Republicans by appointing moderate Republic governors, including Charlie Baker of Massachusetts, to cabinet positions, which I think is actually shows a real understanding of the Democratic Party that, like, while the president is being forcibly escorted out of the White House by the Secret Service for burning documents, he's <laughs> I mean, Biden yeah, they is putting it. Republicans in his cabinet. Yeah, like, yeah that excellent. is what would like, happen. Yes. Just like calling <laughs> but, Paul Ryan and be like, hey, yeah. do you want to like you? You busy? Yeah. God. I'm making uh, fuck. I, I, I forgot the fucking Alaska lady who was almost Palin? the vice Sarah president. Palin? Jesus, I forgot her name. I was going to make a joke about <laughs> him making her his vice president. Fine. I don't know. Oof. Nobody even like That'd she's be, not. That would be she, tasty. She's like a moderate Republican now. <laughs> She's a. <laughs> she is something else. I forgot yeah. she existed. Yeah, I mean, so I'd be surprised I, so if she wasn't like that's a a, good sign. L- dipping a little bit into QAnon stuff these days. But yeah, I mean, she probably now supports um, death camps. Yeah, I'm, so yes. Yeah, broadly speaking. So, uh, quote, the scenario that produced the most contentious dynamics, however, was one in which Trump won the Electoral College and thus the election, but Biden won the popular vote by five percentage points. Biden's team retracted his his election night concession, fueled by Democrats angry at losing yet another election despite capturing the popular vote, as happened in 2000 and 2016. In the mock election, Trump sought to divide Democrats, at one point giving an interview to The Intercept, a left-leaning news outlet, saying Bernie Sanders would have won if Democrats had dominated him. Meanwhile, Biden's team sought to encourage large Western states to secede unless pro-democracy reforms were made. Which, number one, I can absolutely see Trump sitting down with Glenn Greenwald. um, And Greenwald giving him a broadly positive write-up during a time like that. Um, It could happen. Um, Could happen. Um, yeah, I would be. It, yeah, I mean, that's I, he already I, does that st- stuff, though. And like Trump already talks yeah. about how Bernie would have won. Right. Like, yeah. That's not... What I can't imagine. And I I'm an imaginer is <laughs> Joe Biden encouraging the the West Coast to secede. I have no idea where I, they got that scenario. I will. I will firmly admit that that is something I am predicting will not happen. Also, so if, if it West does, Coast, you can you can talk shit about my if predictive abilities. The West abilities. Coast secedes. Yeah. We are not getting Biden as president. You know. Uh no, but Joe Biden. I think we would make the president of the, uh, the Oregon Republic. He he would be our leader as we hid in the mountains and shot at Californians trying to flee once the water runs out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, so I've got all this. You got to do what you got to do. Drink. You know. 
You know, if you make it to the right checkpoint. Anyway, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it's not... It's not a great document to read. Um, and it, like, the uh, most frustrating piece of media on this is David Froome's column for The Atlantic. Because, again, number one, since Froome was there, if you want an idea of what it was like to be a part of this thing, you do kind of have to read it, um, even though David Froome is history's greatest monster. Um, but also, I'll just I'll just start reading from it. Quote, the good news is that Trump cannot postpone the election or the next presidential inauguration. He has no means to do either of those things. The dates are set by law or in the text of the Constitution. Nor can Trump somehow cling to power after Inauguration Day once the electoral vote is certified against him. If the Electoral College certifies Joe Biden the winner when its votes are counted in D.C. on January 6th, then at noon on January 20th, Donald Trump ceases to be president. His signature loses all legal effect. The officer carrying the nuclear football walks away. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff does not take his call. The bottom line, there do exist outer legal boundaries to the mischief that can be done by even the most corrupt president. That is, if people honor those boundaries. What? Yeah. Like, yeah. what? The, what? Like, what? What does that Who? mean? What? What world does David Froome live in? I yeah. like. I see this every every like month when Trump says something wild. Everyone's like, he can't do that. It's against yep. the law. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? It, 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 he <laughs> like, has been breaking the law every day for a, years. That's, like, that's not an argument against life. a president yeah. doing something, and it's not an argument against Donald Trump doing something. Yeah, it's, it's oh, God. foolish. He, he's um, break, he breaks the law in so, so often and so flagrantly I mean, he just that it said, makes me angry, and I love breaking the law. I'm a you, huge Cody, breaking the you law. Do. Fan. Mentioned you this do. earlier in his executive order stuff. Will you get sued? Yeah, you get sued for everything. He breaks the law. Yeah, he gets sued mm-hmm. because he's a he's a crime guy. He's the crime guy president, and it's like so weird. Like they barely impeached him. Yeah, <laughs> for, for like one of the things he's done. And David Froome's like, actually, the institutions will say, like, "What? Get out of here." Uh, you remember um, how we were like, oh, all this impeachment stuff is, you know, taking over the election conversation and, oh, no, we're distracting from the election because of impeachment. And now we barely even remember that he was impeached. Yeah. 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 Do you remember <laughs> Do you remember when David Froome worked for a war criminal who's like publishing a book about his paintings of immigrants now instead of being in prison? <laughs> like, what are you talking about, David? What world do you have more for us, Robert? Back to Froome's column. So um, Froome goes on to like uh, note that um, kind of some of the different things that he witnessed um, in the different games that like this this group played out. Uh, The courts offered only slow, weak and unreliable remedies. Street protests were difficult to mobilize and often proved counterproductive. Republican elected officials cowered even in the face of the most outrageous Trump acts. Democratic elected officials lacked the tools and clout to make much difference. Many of the games turned on who made the first bold move time after time. That first mover was Trump. Mm. And it goes on to talk about like in the scenarios in which Biden's team eventually won. Um, Team Trump still managed to, like, in his words, poison the political system. And he goes on to list some of the things that were done in the game that poison the political system. And as I read this, I want you to think about how many of these things have already been done. Quote, it diverted public resources to Trump personally. 
It preemptively pardoned Trump associates and family members and tried to pardon Trump himself from criminal charges, including money laundering and tax evasion. It tried to boost long-term economic damage so as to prevent early economic recovery and boost Republican chances in the 2022 elections. It destroyed, hid, or privatized public records. It tried to sabotage the census to favor Republican redistricting after 2020. It refused to cooperate with the incoming administration during the transition period in ways that aggravated both pandemic response and economic recovery. It sowed pervasive mistrust in the integrity of U.S. elections in ways that would polarize and embitter U.S. politics long after 2020. All almost all of that, like right? Four years ago, like, <laughs> we're already there. Yeah, with with almost. I guess like he hasn't poisoned the transitions team of the right. next president yet. That because has not the, happened that, yet. Yeah, because like the literal event that is referring to hasn't happened yet. So yes, it's literally impossible to do that. Yeah, it's. My favorite uh, of the different possibilities they saw um, was the Trump, like, losing the election and not, like, failing to sort of contest it and moving permanently to Mar-a-Lago the day after the election and refusing to return to the White House or do any work during the lame duck period, which would be funny. Like, that that, that would (laughs) legitimately be pretty funny. Um, And also, I could totally see happening. Like him just trolling people for his last time in president and fucking around. Um, yeah, not impossible. Um, yeah. He's lazy and an asshole. Like that's yeah, he is uh, lazy and an asshole, Cody. Sounds um, exactly right. Yeah, and doing something like that, some trolling thing, will just play to his base and whatever thing that he does next, starting a media empire. I don't know. That's Dear what he God. wanted all along. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, just play into his hand for that. One one of the things that I found kind of personally unsettling about this whole thing um, was so there's they kind of note that like in a lot of the scenarios um, when people would war game out like Trump trying to use the military to hold on to power, um, the assumption was that it would not work. Uh, but they make sort of a, a note that is really unsettling in their write up of this. And this is the actual transition accountability project uh, write up, which is that um, basically it's very possible that people's expectations of how the military would, the kind of positive expectations that the military would stand up for our democracy um, are more or less entirely based on the fact that very recently the military had kind of stood up to Trump during a protest Mm -hmm. and that that isn't necessarily the most realistic thing to base your expectations on because the fact Mm -hmm. that they kind of stood against him um, during a very different sort of situation that happened earlier doesn't mean they wouldn't back him to the hilt if something like this happened. Right. Um, and we shouldn't make that assumption that the military, that we can that we can rely on the military to stand up for democracy in a situation like this. <laughs> um, yeah. What a sentence. Um, I mean... Yeah, it's a, to- I mean, yeah. a toss-up with that. Um, I think that you know, uh, it de- also depends on who in the military you're talking about, too. Yeah, it's hard. Yes, yes. As I, we talk- I should ask the Navy SEAL who threw bombs at a bunch of my friends the other night um, if he th- would stand for President Trump and the. Uh, that's go. a thing that happened in Portland recently. Um, cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Sounds like fake news, Robert. Yeah, uh, it does. I actually was worried it might be, but then a thoroughly reported report came out in uh the uh Oregon public broadcasting. Anyway, uh it's uh-huh. a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been arrested yet. Still out there. Heavily armed Navy That's SEAL cool. with a history of domestic violence who threw Very bombs at cool. a group. Anyway, fun stuff. Um that all adds up. 
Excellent. So the point of all this is that November is going to be the best month ever. Oh yeah, I think yeah. that um we well that's the thing like it's the worst year ever uh but like you we get a little treat uh in November of uh utter chaos and yeah. yeah. Just Yay. to break up the chaos a bit, we'll get mm-hmm. some utter mm-hmm. chaos. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think it's But you know who's really going to bring good. order to the chaos? Us. Jordan Balthazar Peterson. Oh God! Thank, no. Thank God that mm-hmm. he has survived both his bout of poisoning himself with an all meat diet and his bout of going to a dangerously unregulated Russian clinic and his bout of catching COVID nineteen in Serbia. Um, and will be at a hundred percent when democracy really needs him this November. Exactly. The He's man is a in. machine. He's going to save us all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's his moment. It's his moment. Oh. I love you, Jordan Balthazar Peterson. Stop it. What? It's the worst year ever. We'll get through it together. Or not. Oh You're making God. him sound like a Muppet. You're he d- normalizing he is, he I'm is making him sound like that. I'm Jim Henson faked his death like and that. became Jordan Peterson. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. God, you guys are giving me a headache. Yep. I know. Sorry. Yep. I have a horrible headache. Horrible yeah. headache. I think that's just called... The 2020. It's just a The 2020? Yeah. I think it's called covering protests every single Ooh, night baby. for months and months. Do you have more, Robert? No, I don't. I mean... I mean, thank God, but also... Oof. Aw. Broadly, aw. I, there's always more to say. Well, That's I think true. we've said it all for today. Yep. Yeah. Despite yep. all of this, I've had fun seeing you guys today. Yeah. Always a joy. Yeah. And if Always you, and if you want to see more of us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Worst Year Pod. And you can follow uh, Cody uh, at Dr. Mr. Cody and Katie at Katie Stoll and Robert at I Write OK. Mm-hmm. Well done, Sophie. And Thanks. if Couldn't you want to prepare for November, there's a variety of useful skills you could invest in. Uh, learning Stamps. how to make shields, uh, no. learning how to wield a sling, um, volunteering for vote counting, maybe, but probably not. But, um, um, I actually, a non-joke, garden. I mentioned this on even more news. <laughs> there is a real lack of poll workers, uh, a severe lack of poll workers being able yeah. to step up, uh, because most poll workers are over the age of 60. Um, so if you are healthy and, uh, feel reasonable risking it, that might be something that we can do to step up during this time. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you what to do. I don't know my own comfort level, but it is a definitely a need and, um, someone's got to do it. Yep. And that seems like a great place to end the show. Bye. It is a great place to end the show. Bye. Bye. Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. 
Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.